Hey everyone, Charlie Band here. Excited for this new season of the Charlie Band here podcast and can't wait to speak to my you know first guest of the season, actor, producer, musician, Thomas Nicholas. You may know him from Rookie of the Year and the American Pie franchise. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Thomas Nicholas. All right, Charlie Van here with Thomas Nicholas. Thomas, first important question, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. I'm just, uh, you know, sort of starting the day. Kids have, have been fed their breakfast. I've had at least two cups of coffee, uh, you know, so the day is, is looking up. You've had your daily feel. Are you a coffee guy? Oh, yes. What do you like? Mild, dark roast? Are you like a coffee connoisseur? Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I <laughs> let's let's see if you can if you can identify. Uh, dark roast, medium's okay. Uh, double espresso or double shot americano. I, I have about seven of those a day. That is good. Hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. That's 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 fuel. So I get it. Doc- doctors might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? Whatever makes you happy, right? You know, no doubt. Whatever no keeps doubt. you pushing. Are, are you a French press guy, though, at all? Do you ever do that? Like make it from scratch? No, I mean, I have a super automatic uh, espresso machine. So I just put the whole beans in, grind it up, you know, double shot. Let's go. I just feel like the French press, that's a lot of work. Like I, I feel like I'm working out when I'm doing that. I'm like, no, I just want to just hit that button. I got to go. Yeah, I don't have time to wait 10 minutes for it to steep. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, am I a Starbucks here? Like, what am I? <laughs> Steeping, that's for tea. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'm, I'm excited. You're coming coming to Dallas, coming to my neck of the woods. You know, you're on tour. Um, how, how's the tour been going so far? Like, how, how's everything been going? Uh, it's been really awesome. I actually just uh, played this sold-out show. Uh, with Emo Night Brooklyn um, in in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Bowl just this last weekend, which was awesome. Weedus came and performed Teenage oh, wow. Dirtbag uh, live. And I, of course, sang Stifler's Mom and my new song, 1999, which is, of course, uh, Dallas and Texas loved Bowling for Soups. Oh, song definitely. 1985 revisited, as you know. Um, so, yeah, the, the tour has been great. I'm actually doing another Emo Night Brooklyn in Dallas this Friday at the Echo Lounge. Okay, um, awesome. So I, I might be doing a, you know, revisiting. I'll be, I'll be playing those songs again. <laughs> and, uh, hey, we, we, we enjoy our emo music here in, in, in Dallas. There's a good, good scene. And you're coming to Deep Ellum, which Deep Ellum's kind of like, it's like our sixth street, you know, and uh, that I think you'll really enjoy three links. What, what do you like in a venue when you're going to a venue and you're playing? What, what stands out the most to you? What is most important? Um, you know, I, I really like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to three links uh, on Thursday with the other Jarrett, not Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup, but Jarrett Adloff with two R's and two T's, who uh, his band is going to be opening up for me and then also backing me up for a full band set. And I think that three links kind of has what I look for in a venue. Um, I like my venues a little bit smaller and intimate because um, I feel like I can connect with people a little bit more. Don't get me wrong thousand or fifteen hundred or whatever was at the yeah. Brooklyn Bowl was fun, but I never saw the reaction of the people in the back. So if I can see everyone in the room, that's cool. Um I like my bars a little bit dirty and gritty. Oh yeah. Um, Character. Yeah. And uh and I like my crowd to be drinking. Cause the more they do that, the better I sell. <laughs> 
what's the wildest crowd you've performed in front of so far? I know you've had many, you've said 800 shows, but is there one, I know you say you like your crowd with a drunk crowd having fun, but is there like a wild, wild moment that still sticks with you? Man, there's a lot of shows that, I mean, I have, I have a semi-photographic memory, so I can recall a lot of, a lot of shows. I'm trying to think um, of like a wild crowd though. I mean, I've never, I've never necessarily, there's been, I don't know that there's been like a, like a particular wild crowd. I think there's been a couple of moments, um, especially in the UK or Germany where I've had nights where like they just, the, the, the show was packed out in a small venue and they just didn't want it to end. And we just kept playing and playing and playing until like finally like the venues, you know, like shutting down yeah. and then we, we got to stop. And so those have been kind of the wild nights. Uh, one of the venues I don't think is around anymore. Um, I think it shut down. It was in rugby in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, ironically a town named rugby. And then uh, called, I think the venue was called the vault. Uh, and we had a few like wild nights there. Um, and then the other one was in uh, one of my favorite small cities in Germany uh, called Lauenau which only has a population of 4,000 people and 10% of the people showed up at the show. Oh, and wow. it was like actually overflowing, like, like they didn't have enough room for everyone. So they had to open up a balcony and it was just a wild night. Um, then, you know, but then there's been other times where it's been the opposite of wild, but still a memorable show. Like I played this one show in Germany where I remember there was only four people and the, the, uh, the promoter, was really angry because he had done like all this promotion for the show. And obviously it, you know, it didn't work. Yeah. And so right before the show, he says, well, do you want to cancel? And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, you only sold four tickets. And I go, okay. And he goes, so there's only four people here. I said, those are the four people that bought the tickets. And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, then we're going to give him a show. And yeah. then he kind of like looked at me different, like, cause I was willing to do that. So the crazy part about this story is, and this is, I love telling this one. It's the total never give up story. So I go and play the show. At the end of the night, I just gather like all four people to the front table. I bring my guitar, my acoustic guitar from the stage to the table. I knew that like everyone loves Springsteen in Germany. So I play a Springsteen song unplugged. Turns out one of the guys ended up having such a great night that he wanted to be an investor of the venue. The reason the venue owner was so mad is because he was about to go out of business. So literally, this guy invests in the venue that night and saves the business because oh, they didn't wow. cancel the show. That that's a pretty awesome story right there. Obviously, I did, had no idea. It's not yeah. like I did it so that like, oh, that guy in the back looks rich. He'll inv- I didn't. I knew none of this. So I find out at the end. And then all of a sudden, the guy's like giving me gifts. Like he grew his own coffee where he had like coffee plants, which I apparently I didn't even know until that night. This is 10 years ago, that they're berries. And then they take the seed out and they, you know, bake the seed. But he had made his own coffee and had the coffee plants with growing the berries. And he like gave me a bag of it. I was like, let me pay. He's like, no, 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 no. It's, you know, it just like started giving me all these gifts. He was so happy. Oh, that is. And that's sounds like a kind of cool, like movie plot too. You know, fan comes in, saves the day, saves, saves the venue. You know, speaking of venues, you know, and by the way, congrats again, 30 years rookie of the year and, and talking about your character, Henry Rowan Gardner, he got to, he got to play at probably one of the most iconic sports venues of all time. 
Is there an iconic venue as you as a musician that you would love to perform that you haven't had a chance yet? Oh, uh, well, the Stone Pony. Mm. Uh, that's on that's because obviously I've done the Viper Room. I mean, I've been playing there for, you know, over 10 years and I love that venue. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, whether or not it's going to survive some of the development that's happening on mm. Sunset, which I certainly hope that it does. I would hate that for that to go. I mean, it's such a yeah. classic. It can't it can't go, man. It's got even stay. though they only got the one bath, <laughs> the one bathroom. I saw some gla- uh, glamour cover band there. Oh, a couple of years ago. There's, there's two bathrooms. There is. I guess that night there was just one bathroom. Right. So sometimes the other one does get shut down. Yes. And then there's just one. Yeah. But it's okay, only it's a 175 whole cap, you know, room upstairs yeah. and downstairs, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty small. One bathroom's all right. I yeah. Mean. <laughs> hey, it's worth it. It's it, it's worth the experience. So the Stone but, Pony. Uh, Stone Pony, because, you know, it's uh, it's in my, my other aspiration. I already talked about Springsteen when I was telling the Germany mm-hmm. story. Um, I would love to play Springsteen in a biopic one day. And I, I actually uh, told Bruce this in 2006 when he played Dodger Stadium. I snuck backstage and, uh, and I, I told him that with his blessing, I wanted to portray him in a movie one day. And he put his arm around me, looked at his manager. He goes, what do you think? You think we look alike? And his manager was speechless. So Bruce didn't say no, which in my mind is like saying yes. Yeah. So... That you and, know, that you have the resume of the bi- playing biopic Frank Sinatra Jr., Walt Disney. I mean, you're already there. So yeah, what what do you? And that's my next question. What do you enjoy the most about? Obviously, you know, you've played fictional characters, but biopic. What do you enjoy the most? What's the most challenging? And it, was there ever a time like if you could sit down with either of those characters you play, what would you ask them that you would like to know further about them? You know, the the the, the fun thing about playing a character or a, a real person portraying a real person is that unlike creating a person where you write their backstory and you can sort of mold whatever history they have Mm. to to serve the story, uh, playing a real person is all about the research. So we know these people because obviously, you know, everyone knows who Frank Sinatra Jr. is. They know who Walt Disney is. They know, you know, some people probably know who Abby Hoffman is or Martin Scorsese, you know, like so. But then when you start researching them, you really start this this alternate discovery process of really learning so much more about the beginnings because a lot of these stories are always more of the beginning yeah um, than you know what we know now and so like I've having read some of the so because I'm already such a big fan already done some of that research for Springsteen the Asbury Park days and like you know the Stone Pony days and when he was sleeping in the surf shop in the bathroom because it was the place that smelled like the least amount of resin and you know he was playing all three levels of the venue uh and they would just be hanging out on the beach and the venue owners would be like all right you tonight get a band and they like race to get a band together that day and bruce would headline all three levels the acoustic stage the cover band on the lower level and the original full band on the middle like that's how he got the nickname the boss at -hmm. least according to this biography um, which, you know, I mean, I, I have to believe the biography. Yeah. <laughs> and that's got to be the title of the bio, the boss. Which, you know, and then also him like walking around with the, his first contract in the back, in his back pocket for two weeks and then signing it finally on like the hood of a car, you know, <laughs> in the parking lot of the pony. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff is just like, that's the story to me. And even the beginnings of like, 
you know, his mom buying him his first guitar and his dad not supporting that and him learning solos by listening to the radio. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting into the weeds now. My no, favorite no. part is like is discovery of the beginnings of the people that we know and love now. Well, you've sold me. I think you could definitely... I think you definitely can pull pull off the role and and maybe we can petition that here on the podcast. Put Thomas <laughs> Nagel, hey, you know, you've already had a kind of conversation with him. Let, let's get that, let's get that ball rolling. I mean, I, I think, think he's gotta be it. getting close to the biopic stage because he did the, you know, the on Broadway show and like telling stories. And that's a little bit like he's he's leading toward that biopics in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> is there any biopic like especially music wise that you would love to see obviously outside of playing him but just as a fan of, of music and a film is there a biopic we haven't seen that you think need, needs to be on the screen or you would love to hear that story um yeah i don't know i mean i i really as a as a music fan i really enjoy watching like the documentaries on mm -hmm. on the actual band um you know as an actor you know selfishly i love like biopics and there's obviously been some great ones yeah. um but i do i do really enjoy the documentaries and i think it'd be great to like have like a doc a documentary pick on like john mayer or switchfoot um you know some of these some of these acts that you know have been my favorite since the their inception that are still like out there just doing it have never stopped um and we don't have that biopic yet like mm -hmm. i mean it, but again well, how many years was it before Tom Petty had his documentary? I mean, that came out only 10 years ago. Yeah, which is so crazy. Like it took that long. 40 years? <laughs> I, I, As a Texan, I would love to see, I don't know if it will happen, but Stevie Ray Vaughan. I would love to see a Stevie Ray Vaughan biopic. I mean, such an iconic, you know, guitarist left us, you know, too soon, but had so much to say in that voice. Oh, man, and the way he played. I mean. The Ray most interesting thing to me about Ray Vaughan is uh, his his uh, ability to improvise and incorporate mm -hmm. his mistakes afterwards. So like, basically I'm a big fan of like mistakes and imperfections make things so unique because anyone can go up and, you know, play the recording live the same way mm -hmm. it sounds and do it flawlessly. And you're like, but then you're just getting the same thing. It's the imperfections that make it like a memorable experience. Yeah. And so his ability to like, mess up and then be like nope i meant that and then we're just gonna we're just gonna throw that bad note in there like five more times until you know you 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 forget that it even was a mistake that was I, I that was always incredible to me about his lead guitar playing yeah i mean i it just such a masterful and i mean i wish i would have got to been alive there or young <laughs> i think i was probably a young kid when he he had passed but i just think you know what he was able to do what we could have seen from him moving forward and just, you know, so sad that, you know, died at a younger age, but I would love to see that story just because I think there's a lot there to be told. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's crazy how long it takes for that kind of recognition. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what is it? I mean, even, uh, even journey started in what the seventies and didn't yeah. get inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame till 2017. Like, yeah, I wonder why that is. Like, if they were UFC fighters and they retire tomorrow, they're in it next year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's some prerequisites there. It, that, it's like uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and and the NFL Hall of Fame have like the same like. I mean, <laughs> same procedure. I mean, they are. I guess one's can you know both are can Cleveland, Ohio, something. So, it just seems like it's forever.
They, they, I have been to the, uh, the football hall of fame though. I got to go into like the private section and like see some of the original books, like where they had to like white glove them, uh, in Canton. That was pretty awesome. And I'm going to be in Cooperstown and finally get to see the baseball hall of fame in oh, August. Nice. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That had, that has to be good. And you, you have some of that baseball film history right there. Do you feel kind of partial to the sport? I mean, I, you know, just being a part of that film and just how iconic it is. I mean, when I think back, I wanted to be Henry when I was a kid pitching for the Rangers, although I, I could never replace Nolan Ryan back then. But I think every kid back then was like to have that chance to play for an iconic team. It's, it's funny too, because like, well, so I'm coming out obviously to Dallas and I'm going to be throwing out the first pitch. Yeah. Rough Riders. The, uh, the right, first right. Rough Riders on Sunday, August 7th. Um, and then there's a couple other like meet and greet events at Pastime Comics in Watuga and then Dallas Vintage Toys. But yeah, it's funny because my son is named Nolan River. Oh, nice. And, and, and people are like, wait, Nolan Ryan? I'm like, no, Nolan River. I didn't do it on purpose. Um, but it is funny how like people think of Nolan Ryan when they hear Nolan River. Yeah, it is pretty close. It is good. Hey, you never know. Maybe a feature baseball player right there. Or is he getting to me? Does he, is he picking up on music? Well, he's been playing piano since he's about three. He's 10 okay. now, but he's oh. kind of following in my footsteps in acting. Uh, he starred in the, the latest M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old, okay. um, which, uh, speaking of sports, I think they played the trailer for that at the Super Bowl last year. So it came out in theaters last year, but Super Bowl 2021, 100 million people, first commercial break. My son's, you know, in the water with the body floating up behind him. That's um, so cool. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm petitioning for uh, Nolan to play Henry Henry's son in a long-awaited Rookie of the Year sequel. So we'll see yeah, if I can make it happen. I got like two more years <laughs> till he's twelve. So I got two years to make it happen. Are, are there talks about doing the sequel? Or from me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we would love to see it. I, I was just thinking that. Where is Henry today? Like that would be cool to kind of see that next progression. That's not, that's that's above my pay grade. Yeah, I just want to play Henry. I need yeah. a writer to come in and make yeah. that happen. Although <laughs> I had thought, um, you know, it'd be funny to do like the reverse, where you know, you basically. I mean, obviously Henry's mom could still be there, but you got. Remember, she had Jack. Mm -hmm. So my idea was like Henry would, you know, like because remember uh, Becky Becky Fraker, Colom uh, Jacobson, who was also the goalie in Mighty Ducks. So let's say that they're split and, you know, he's got like some girlfriend who's his son, you know, gets the ability to throw fast. And he's like, listen, just enjoy your childhood. Don't tell anybody about this. No big deal. But then, you know, you got the Jack Bradfield girlfriend who like gets him signed to the Cubs. Um, and then I was thinking, I'm trying to figure it out. And I don't know how to like research this. Maybe you could tell me what position in baseball could a player in the major league or could a, could a person who's a position actually take the field if you were like short of players? Is it, could the manager, could the assistant manager, could a co pitching coach, could a first base coach who could actually then like, let's say that like guys just didn't show up at work and then it yeah. forced Henry. So the idea is whatever player that is that Henry's son could be pitching and then Henry could be out in the outfield and they could be on the same team at the same time. It would have to be a base coach, I would think. It would right. Have to, yeah. Although it would be cool to see a manager like, hold back, let me. <laughs> I mean, we already, we, already, 
that's the thing though is that we 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 already get like told that we broke so many rules yeah. you know during the uh the first one well you know speaking about your son getting into acting and you know you were a child actor what is your big biggest advice to him um you know i mean the the main thing for for him is i i I mainly got him into acting classes when he was younger because I feel like, you know, similar to playing a musical instrument, acting is using yourself as an instrument, but we all technically act in our lives, Mm -hmm. whether it's at work or with our friends, we always kind of take on, you know, different realms. But when we're younger, the, one of the things that, that I utilized was the ability to, um, communicate and socialize I, I kind of brought those acting techniques because as you're discovering yourself um it can be a little confusing mm-hmm. and so I kind of put him in acting class to help him with the social aspects of his life in school and navigating that portion of, of things and then he just actually was really good at it so my my whole thing has always been to focus on the craft and the technique of acting the results of, you know, success or accolades is the byproduct of doing your job well, but it's more about what you have to say than what you, than the pat on the back. Mm -hmm. So that's always just been my focus is to, you know, for him to focus on, you know, the job and the character and the story. And, And did you find music first or was it acting first or was it kind of a little bit of both as a kid? Um, as a kid, like I started acting when I was six and I started playing music when I was about 14. Um, so yeah, so it was acting first. What was your first show? What was your first concert that you went and uh, saw? Oh, first, first, uh, as an attendant, as like, uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, the offspring at the whiskey a go, go, 1995, uh, K rock, the uh, radio station was holding a, a concert there. So I still have. My concert tickets signed, my T-shirt signed. Uh, I got so into the offspring after that that I actually did my hair like Dexter Holland. That is like awesome. the braids and the extensions. I didn't dye it blonde because my yeah. hair's pretty dark. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I was pretty hardcore into the offspring. Hey, great band! I, I, the one yeah. band I have yet to see, and I I I hope to. Well, I've only seen them like way back then yeah. when they were doing like you know uh, Smash before they kind of switched to more like pop, uh, you know, like pretty fly for a while. Like I, I wasn't into the newer stuff. I'm still not, I'm like kind of tried and true when it was like offspring versus Pennywise. Um, I was an offspring guy, you know, so I was listening to like ignition and all their, I like back cataloged them at that point. And just real quick, you're playing uh, once again at three links this Thursday, uh, this Friday as the echo lounge, correct? Yeah. And then uh, you're going to be at Dallas Vintage Toys this weekend. Yeah, I got Pastime Comics uh, at noon on Saturday in Watuga, if I'm saying that right. Watauga. Oh, Watauga. Yeah, yeah. Watauga. There you yeah. go. I knew I was. Yeah. <laughs> you looked at me like. Yeah. I was. Saying? Well, you know, it's it's right out there in Arlington, kind of over not far from Rangers. Yeah. And then and then Sunday, I'll be at Dallas Vintage Toys from 11 to three. And then Sunday night, I'm throwing out the first pitch for the Frisco Rough Riders. I think you'll love that stadium there. Have you been there before? The no, no, I haven't been there yet. It's nice. It's a really, really chill, uh, up close and personal. Frisco area is just booming so fast. I think Shaquille O'Neal just moved out here. actually. <laughs> to Frisco. We, I, maybe maybe I can live in one of his shoes. As or you can at least like- get a laptop from him. I know he's at Best Buy. I need a new laptop. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just run into him. Well, Thomas, I want to thank you for your time. I definitely appreciate it. We definitely can't wait to have you here in Dallas. And also real quick, just uh, what would you like to say to your fans out there? Uh, thank you for, you know, enjoying what I do. I, I love doing what I do. So you keep watching. I keep doing. All right, Thomas. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I want to thank uh, Thomas Nicholas again for joining us here on the podcast. And if you enjoyed what you saw, hit that subscribe button. Also can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Music as well. As always, thank you for your support.